Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Knowles Quality Control. I'm your host, Ben Meyerson. Uh, today we're going to be talking a lot about FSU in the fall camp that's about to start uh, this time tomorrow. Uh, I'm happy to be joined by my friend uh, and uh, colleague, I don't know if that's the right word, uh, compatriot, uh, Logan Robinson from Noel Game Day. Uh, what's up, Logan? How you doing? Doing good, man. It was good to catch back up. It's been a little while. I know that we got to catch up during the offseason once during a recruiting event, but now it's back to the real deal. The summer is over, Ben. It feels good to be going back to practices. I might regret it. We got 20 practices in 25 days, so I might regret saying some of that, but nonetheless, I love football. We get things started earlier than most colleges across the country, so more content for fans and readers from both of our sites, so let's do it, man. I'm excited for the season, and we got to hear some good stuff from some of the coaches today also. Yeah, we did. Uh, no, and I'm very excited to get the season starting. It's it's that oh, it's that time of the year, you know, end of July, early August. Football's just getting started uh, all across the country too, right? NCAA, NFL, uh, it, it, there's just something about that that feeling, you know, where that sports is kind of tailing off towards, uh, you know, towards the end of the summer. There's not really, you know, any more NBA on anymore. There's not, I don't know, it's just kind of a dead spot. So it's great to be headed back for some real football. Um, and more specifically, we got uh, FSU football starting tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, I know today, though, Logan, we talked to a few assistant coaches. We spent some time uh asking some questions just like coach ab mentioned in the comments uh shout out to coach ab by the way uh appreciate the support from him as always but 
Logan, uh, we heard from a few assistants today on the FSU staff, as well as Mike Norvell. Um, you know, what big takeaways do you have from today? Uh, what did you think about what we were uh, up to? Yeah, I don't think there was much of a major difference from what we heard from Norvell at the ACC media days. But just rounding that up along with this press conference today, you see a lot more confident Mike Norvell. He doesn't sound like how he did two years ago, definitely once arriving. You don't hear that same kind of tone with him. And the big point that we've always been throwing out there is player accountability and building a bond. And you saw, we got to see that in the spring, Ben. We talked about that a lot, that it looked a little bit different than fall camp. And you saw guys coaching one another, you know, Norvell hinted at a few players and he's really excited for Robert Cooper. And that goes in the mixture of a leader, a guy holding each other accountable. And that's something him and love it. And Jared Jackson did all throughout this, this spring. And you're even seeing some Aaron guys, even newcomers like Jared verse, even Still got a lot of eligibility left, but being there, he's coachable, but also taking some of the younger guys under the reins and showing him little tidbits here and there. I think that's something that Magnavell is really excited for. You can tell in his tone of his voice. And, you know, he kind of gets that way a few times in some press conferences, making sure that, you know, I, I think the fan base understands how excited he, he is at, in oh, yeah. some in some regards and I don't know I, you do see a Mike Norvell more confident and the big thing he said if he could describe the team with one word and it's family and he feels like the locker room is a almost a 180 than what he first arrived in and I you know I think we all agree on that that has been a major process that Mike Norvell had to fix once arriving and, you know, he's he sees it in their eyes, he told us. He says he sees it in the eyes in the meeting that they had before guys arriving, which, like you said, fall camp begins officially tomorrow afternoon. There's a lot of accountability. There's a lot of consistency that they want to continue with, bringing that from spring over here. He said that they had a remarkable summer. You know, this can all be coaches speak. We hear it from across the NFL, college football. Is it going to turn into something to where – Florida State can go, they start the season 1-0, and then you go face a, a talented LSU team. We'll see, but you just got to hope and believe that what Mike Norvell is preaching and what he's seen and the, the confidence that you hear in his voice compared to two years ago really comes to fruition here uh, throughout fall camp, which is going to be a fun one to cover. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you, you kind of nailed it that this team – these past few years, a little all over the place, right? And a lot of that does have to do with who's in that locker room. Mike Norvell inheriting these players who may not fully be bought into what they were trying to accomplish. You know, I, I think what they have now and where they, you know, where they've come from, um, they're in a much better place than they were when Mike Norvell got here. I think that's one of the most important things. Um, but like you said, uh, that culture, you know, that attitude, all that can change. But if the winds don't start coming, then you know uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a not a not a fun year for Mike Norvell and his staff, and he's gonna be on the hot seat very quickly. So, you know, they could talk about family, building up that culture, doing all these great things, right? And I think we agree it's gonna have a big positive impact on the team in terms of what they would have been like if you know they would not have that, but. That's that all doesn't necessarily matter if things don't work out on the field as well. So I, I think, you know, we'll see that tomorrow. We're going to see what the team looks like. Um, more specifically, we'll get some more insight into what the offensive line is going to look like. 
you know, uh, what cornerbacks they trust more than others. We're going to start finding out where the strengths of this team are. Um, but, you know, also, Logan, I, I know there was a moment today um, when we, we heard one of the assistants talking about, uh, we heard A.J. Duffy's name come up. We heard Winston Wright's name come up today. Uh, we heard do span Trey Benson as punt returners, potentially special teams guys. Uh, so in, in terms of what we're expecting on the field, um, I know Winston Wright, one of those things we just don't quite know about yet. It's going to be a question mark until we really get um, anything confirmed on that, which we haven't yet. But what kind of expectations do you have for what we're going to start seeing in this fall camp? Uh, what are you kind of most looking forward to once things really start going? Mm-hmm. I think got to spend a little bit of time with Ron Dugans and we got to hear about Winston Wright Jr. and his rehab process. And that was an emotional response to hear mm-hmm. from Dugans because the car accident, as we know, and then also was early limited in spring camp and heard some more positive signs. I'm feeling more optimistic now week by week that Winston Wright Jr. might be available sooner than expected, sooner than we were expecting maybe two months ago. And it seems like that process is going well. I think Dugan's talked about him being able to catch some passes now. So obviously he's able to maybe run routes fully. I don't think he's maybe just walking around. Maybe he is walking around catching passes, but I think it's a bit better than that, which is, I got a good sign from that. And that would be huge. Florida State fans should feel optimistic about that. And we'll get answers, you know, starting tomorrow on the availability for Winston Wright Jr. But, you know, I have a lot of big storylines going into this one. We heard a lot about Julian Armella from both Coach Norvell in the press conference, along with Coach Atkins. And, you know, we got to also, you and I spent some time at the luncheon sitting down with Coach Atkins. And he admitted, Coach Atkins said, didn't have a lot of time to have any vacations this whole offseason. And he did mention a few things with recruiting that goes into it off the record. But you could see that. Julian Armella coming in is going to play some significant um, role and maybe the alpha attitude in that offensive line room. And that's coming from a true freshman. And Atkins talked about him that, you know, I, he'll call me at 1130 at night. He wants to get on zoom and go through film. I'm, I'm certainly excited for Armella. I'm not expecting to him to have a on field pivotal factor for this upcoming season. Who knows if we see some crazy strides happen, but I'm not expecting him to get a lot of PT this year. But as that room alone, bringing that kind of leadership, that alpha mentality is something that this Florida State offensive line room has not had in a long while. And he's being brought in with a whole group of a fat class of freshmen. And you've also got transfers coming in. So that's something I'm going to keep a close eye on starting tomorrow, Ben, when we're out there is seeing how Armella meshes. And that's something Atkins said, too. He says, you know, he's had good competition. He's always been the top dog down there in St. Thomas Aquinas, a very well-respected program in the, in the high school uh, realms uh, down south in Florida. But now he's coming into the college space of things. How is that going to work with him and having that? Is he going to bring that same attitude? I certainly do think he is, but it's not going to work so well when you're you know, messing with three-year three year veterans, four-year veteran guys, yeah. transfers that are also fighting to get PTs. So I'm going to keep a close eye on Julian Armella, but I thought it was some promising signs from Ron Dugans to talk about Winston Wright Jr. and his rehab process going along very nicely and him catching some balls. I, I found that a little nugget out of him there. So uh, that's probably probably a few things I'm keeping an eye out on immediately once arriving tomorrow at practice. Yeah, no, I, th- I think um, you're right. Hopefully we'll get some more clarity on Winston Wright. Uh, I know, you know, 
obviously just one of those really tough situations. Uh, you don't want to see anyone ever go through that kind of thing. So I'm sure, um, you know, staff had high expectations for him. He had high expectations for himself as well. Um, so it's, it's exciting to hear that things are at least progressing in the right way. Um, and certainly we'll see about that in practice. But, you know, you mentioned Julian Armella and how he probably won't get playing time this year much at all, right? Uh, and I think a large part of that has to do with how improved this offensive line is going to be from where they were last year, right, Logan? I, I mean, this mm-hmm. was a team was dealing with a constant influx of injuries along the offensive line, you know, moving players from one spot to the next, trying to just find starting offensive linemen each and every game was such a struggle for this team. So, you know, I, I want to start there with what we're going to be discussing today. You look at the four offensive linemen they bring in uh, with the transfer portal, Caden Lyles, uh, a few more players over the summer. We did get to see Caden, though, in, in the spring, which was um, interesting. And I, I'm really curious to see where he is at fall because I think he was one of those guys who maybe slightly underwhelmed, even though, you know, spring, it's maybe a little harder to gauge exactly where guys are at. It takes some time to, to get fully ingrained into that. But, you know, with where this offensive line was last year, with all the trouble we, we saw them had, you know, that I mentioned earlier, putting different guys in all kinds of different spots where they don't belong. How improved do you think this line is going to be? You know, because I, I think you can look at this group that they had this year and last year and say, this is going to be a much improved group. But I think people also probably had higher expectations for the group last season, and they failed to meet those expectations because of all the bad luck that went their way. So I think, you know, the thing that's kind of stood out to me and the thing that I, I, I really see in the vision of Norvell and Atkins and the staff is that they don't want to be in the situation they were last year, and they're doing everything they can to make sure that never happens again. Yeah, that was really scary to see on road games. You've got guys playing in positions that they've never played before. And, you know, Atkins opened up and told us that after one of the practices during the fall. I mean, you've got guys playing certain positions, center that haven't played a college snap there yet. I mean, might have had high school experience, but let's be real here. It's a little bit different when you're on the college college space and the field. And, you know, that's something Florida State, like you said, Mike Norvell, Coach Atkins, made it an immediate decision on making sure that they bring in some guys with college experience and do a good job on the recruiting side of things those guys are going to have to continue to be developed but you've got 30-year guys veteran guys we got some old guys we got Dimitri Emanuel coming in this guy has been playing since what 2017 2018 um I mean you've got some really good college experience I'm interested to see too, Ben, we'll see it firsthand, the leadership what does that kind of do to it because you've already got Dylan Gibbons on there too you've got Darius Washington, and those two seem like some big leaders along with Robert Scott Jr. You've already got those guys that have been here, but I wonder how these transfers will impact on, on the leadership side because that is a big, big room. We talked with Atkins you know, during the luncheon, and I was bringing up, you've got a lot of guys in that room, and it didn't really seem to affect them that much. He said, you know, first come, first serve. Whoever wants to take the spot will take it. And, you know, I'm more worried about, you know, how will guys – understand their game plan you know a lot of questions today were you know based around coach Atkins being an offensive coordinator co-offensive coordinator but this is still we got to you know we still got to realize this is Mike Norvell's offense and you know that's kind of whenever there's a question asked to coach Atkins it's been very consistent since being upgraded to that co-offensive coordinator position 
he has made sure to say, you know, this is not, you know, this is not going to be my offense. This is going to be Jordan Travis's offense, even before he says Mike Norvell. And, you know, Coach Atkins talked very highly about how that offensive line is going to make a focus this upcoming season on keeping Jordan Travis healthy because, you know, we'll talk about it here in a minute. I'm sure the health and concern there of not having maybe a really secure QB2 is huge. So Coach Atkins has a lot of work to do, and I'm all for competition. I'm all for watching this Florida State defensive line, who I think has a chance to be a top 15 in the country, maybe even better, compete against these offensive linemen and make them better. Iron sharpens iron, and it wasn't really fair during the spring, Ben, when we were out there. That defensive line was dominating. I mean, it was really more the second-string offensive line, but still – it's going to be full of competition. I think there's going to be some guys tomorrow that we weren't expecting to be put in positions and they're going to be there. And that will be fun to be able to share that with a lot of our listeners and followers and readers. Cause I think there's going to be a little bit of change up there on that offensive line when we see tomorrow. Yeah. I think the attitude I'm going to have for tomorrow's first practice is expect the unexpected, right? Because mm-hmm. we've heard Alex Atkins talk about this before, how he wants players to be comfortable playing multiple positions along the line, almost every single position if they can, right? Obviously center's a little different, but you want guys to be able to play guard and tackle on each and every side so that you can mix and match. You can fill those needs when you, when you need to. And when you're in positions like you were last season where, you know, you run into all these injury issues, uh, you need to have guys prepared to play spots that they maybe haven't been preparing to play all, all off season. You know, it, it's going to make a huge difference once they actually face some adversity, you know, having those guys be ready to jump in at each and every spot. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, just how they were last year and how many guys they brought back, right? You bring back four or five starters. Really the only guy you lose is Devonte love Taylor. And even then, you know, he was hurt for most of last season, right? He, he, he was not on the field most of the time. They're often playing without him. Um, I, I think they put themselves in a position well to raise the floor of this offensive line. Absolutely. And, and even, you know, looking into the future, a guy like Robert Scott, he's getting some NFL buzz. It seems like he could have some potential to be a future pro and be a very good one at that. Um, so I, I think, look, they're going to be much better than they were last season. But I'm also anticipating that not everything's going to go right, Logan. Um, and I think for me, some of the positions I have a question about, um, they, they kind of produce answers for those over the summer, especially. You know, you look at a guy like Dimitri Emmanuel, um, he has a lot of experience playing right guard and left guard, um, even right tackle, left tackle. I mean, you look at the type of players they brought in they're guys who fit what we've been seeing from the recruiting classes, athletic players who can move in space, who can do great things. Guys like Bless Harris, you know, transferred this off season, a guy, very athletic, very good in the run game. Um, can probably improve a little bit in the past game, but even then, he, you know, he has time to be able to work on that. And they have other players now through the transfer portal who have a lot of experience to where, you know, if Bless Harris isn't quite where they expect them to be, they can start another player there. They are not in the situation they were last year. And I think that's kind of the most important thing and the biggest takeaway when evaluating this roster and, and where they're at. Um, and you talked about keeping Jordan Travis upright. You know, that's certainly going to be a very big thing for this offensive line. Um, just how do you feel like they did did with that last season? Because I think, you know, in some senses – 
that are at they're they're at fault for some of the injuries we saw Jordan get. But also Jordan himself, you know, mentioned how light he was. He mentioned that he wasn't carrying a lot of weight last season. You know, and, and I think you saw him scramble so much more than prior seasons. I think if you actually look at some of like the advanced PFF stats, he scrambled twice as for twice as many yards as designed runs, um, just regular QB design runs. Whereas mm-hmm. the prior two seasons, Jordan Travis had twice as many design run yards than scrambling yards. So they, they flipped the switch in that way. So how, how do you think this offensive line is going to be able to hold up Jordan when he's going to be running around a lot, you know, using his athleticism? Um, because I, to me, that's kind of the one thing I'm starting to worry about with this team is, you know, Jordan is obviously he has to stay healthy. You have to keep him healthy in order to have success this season. But if you're going to have him moving around so much. You're going to be using his athleticism, leaning on that. It opens him up for, you know, more opportunities uh, where he can get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, JT watching him in the spring and now what he said in the ACC media day saying one of his main focuses and the staff's focus for him is staying in the pocket more and being a pocket passer. And you saw that more in the latter half of last season, him stay in that pocket and make those reads. We definitely saw in the Miami game. I mean, staying in that pocket and, and, and finding Andrew Parchment there is just one of the really significant plays. I mean, that's definitely a miracle kind of type play, but still for him to have that comfortability that he never had the year prior to see him grow and progress there is huge. And, you know, Florida state's offensive line, the whole team, you know, absolutely loves Jordan Travis. We heard really good things about him last spring, even with McKenzie Milton coming in, the team was all in on Jordan Travis, just from things we were hearing. They love that kid. Um, just the fight that he has, and he, like you said, he definitely has some injury-prone um, situations from last year that make you de- really worried heading into the season. I think that's one of the biggest question marks. And if you're a fan, you're worried about how healthy can you keep Jordan Travis. If you can keep, if you kept Jordan Travis fully healthy, and he was going to go for all games last year. That's probably two more wins in your column, maybe yeah. maybe potentially even more. Just because, I mean, it was, I don't want to go, we won't go back to kind of some of the games there. NC State, we will not discuss, but we have moved on from that. We are on to 2022 now, but, you know, Coach Atkins and what they need to do their offensive offensive line-wise, they're going to continue to try to develop him and make him a pocket passer. But he still is always going to be a dual-threat quarterback. You you don't want to just now solely focus on him being a pocket passer, Ben. You, You want to have that just for insurance reasons, but you also don't want to take away his wheels because he's one of the deadliest, like EJ Manuel said, he's one of the deadliest guys with his legs at the quarterback position heading into the college football uh, season. You know, he's really nasty. He's got the, he's got the eyes of a running back. He's got speed that nobody really talks about, but he's got some, some different gears on him. He adds on what 10 pounds. Now he said at ACC media days at two Oh five. I know the roster says two eleven, but he admitted them at two Oh five. I think the plan is to maybe get up to two fifteen, really two fifteen, somewhere in that range. I asked coach Tokars today on the game plan there. And they're saying right now it's maintaining, but hopefully adding on, but that's not easy to do during fall camp. A lot of these guys will trim, but it's promising to see that he's put on at least 10 pounds. And I, I hope that helps him with, you know, any kind of bumps and bruises that he'll take. I think he got a lot smarter in the latter half of season. I mean, it's really, it was easy to notice the way that he was sliding, making sure he's not putting himself in a position to get hurt. And then, but then you saw in the Florida game too, and that was a must win game for, 
Florida State, and you know he had to put himself in positions to get the yardage he did, and he'll go and you know compete for it, but he doesn't need to do that against yeah. Duquesne if he doesn't have to do it against LSU. Uh, if if you know, depending on the game situation, he doesn't need to do that all the time. But the main focus continued to develop, and we saw him. Ben, we get to see it up there. We will sit out in Dick Hauser, and we get a really good view of some of the eleven on elevens he'll do, and. And he made a third read that I had never seen Jordan Travis do um, since, you know, being able to be inside and cover this team. And that was a, he did that a few times this spring. And I'm wondering now with now 20 more practices to go before the season kicks off, that going to just continue to develop. We're going to see more of that. And now with an improved wide receiver room, it's really, really exciting to see there if, if he continues to make those improvements, Ben. Yeah. I I think, the thing that's really encouraging from Jordan is that every step of the way we've seen him improve, right? Whether that was when he first got here, when Mike Norvell first got here, when he was fully the starter last season and became that guy. I I, I think, you know, expectations should be sky high for Jordan. And I think while a lot of fans may have a, a more negative perception of Jordan and because of the results we've seen, because of, you know, the, the fact that this team hasn't been successful. I, I think a lot of fans will point to the quarterback often, but I, I mean, you will hear from every single media member from every single outlet. Jordan Travis is always getting better. He is impressing us every single practice that we see him. Um, and I think the crucial thing for him this year is that, that health, right? Protecting himself, figuring out the right balance between when do I make the decision to, to go run, take the scramble, um, get, you know, extra yardage or that decision to maybe throw the ball away, protect himself. Uh, he, he's just going to find, got to find that fine line between him staying healthy and him getting injured, because really that's what we're looking at this season for FSU. Um, I, I know Brendan Sinone, he's mentioned it a few times on Twitter. The Seminoles are seven and six. Jordan playing and when he doesn't play and he's been on this team they're one in six so I'm not a big quarterback wins guy Logan but to me uh that's a pretty perfect stat to sum up the experience that Jordan Travis has had at Florida State makes a big time significant play factor whenever he's on the field and that offense just runs so much smoother with him and we all saw that last year it was clear as day that Jordan Travis is being the guy at the helm there it just runs runs a lot smoother, you know. Now, you know, Mike Norvell talked about it today and how well he thought Jordan Travis did this offseason on continuing to learn. Now he said, you know, this is his team now. Now it's time to go out there and be consistent and continue to develop as being a, a passer, but uh, along with other things and continuing to build chemistry with the wide receivers, running back, and just overall running that offense. Um, there's a there's a lot of optimism for JT Behind it, I know we'll discuss. I'm really – after the spring, I'm concerned about it. You know, I'm not going to sit here and be all giddy-giddy and everything's just great, awesome. This is good to go. Now, I mean, you got to keep it real. I'm, I'm pretty concerned about what you do have behind Jordan Travis because, let's be real, that's what happened last year. You lost JT quite a few times. And what was thrown in there just felt like deer in headlights, which yeah. – is no bueno for sure. No, no. And I don't think this team, I mean, this team can't, if Jordan doesn't play, let's say at all this season, I don't even think they can match the record that they had last year. I mean, that is the difference we're talking about between having Jordan Travis and not having Jordan Travis. And I think, you know, often Logan, when you look at 
backup quarterbacks when you look at what happens if the star goes down. Really what you want out of that player more than anything is want them to be able to put in a position where they could win you the game, right? They, they could win you a must-need situation like, you know, looking at this season, an LSU game, a, a Miami game, a, a team of that sort of level where, you know, it's a team that you should be competitive with. If Jordan is there, you might be even favored um, in, in the Vegas books. But I, I think when you look at their backup quarterback situation this year, they, they just don't have that, Logan. I, I mean, really, like, um, I believe they're about – two and a half point or they're one and a half point favorites versus the Gators right at home this year with assuming Jordan's healthy Logan if Jordan isn't playing how violent do you think that swing is on the line it's at least a touchdown right yeah I think it goes over to nine ten somewhere around there where you're in a little bit of a larger increase of the underdog there it makes sense for that to happen just because of how well it might be even more to be honest I mean Florida State couldn't find anything offensively to cut down any kind of any kind of betting lines. So, uh, yeah, it puts them in a really bad spot. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's the main focus with the quarterback position this season is, I mean, I, I've said it, I keep saying it, but keeping Jordan Elty is the most important thing. It's the number one factor determining whether or not Mike Norvell will still be the Seminoles coach, honestly. So, um, you know, with, with Jordan, though, with how he's been able to develop himself, you know, I, like I said earlier, he's gotten better each and every single time I've seen him. Each year he's improved. Each practice he's improved. I, I think you can see it game to game, him just getting better and better. Um, let's say he does stay healthy for this entire season, Logan. Let's say he doesn't miss time. Um, he plays all 12 games. Uh, what do you think the verdict's going to be on Jordan Travis, you know, if he has that fully healthy season? What do you think – the perception is going to be from the fans because I, I think right now to a certain extent, there's still a lot of fans who are like, yeah, they'll win more games with him than, you know, than the other guy, but how good is he really? I, I, you know, what do you think that's going to be like at the end of this season? If Jordan does play all 12 games. Yeah. And I hate that that's kind of been the way for the fan base a little bit. Cause if you look statistically and stuff, if you look at the nerdy stuff, it goes to show really how pivotal, JT is on that field for Florida State. It plays a big-time presence and success for Florida State getting down the field. I think if you look into this year and if he is truly not going to want fully healthy to, to stay through all of these games, like I said earlier, I think that chain, that would change a lot for Florida State last year, at least for two, two more wins, in my opinion. I, I would say the same thing. I, it, might be even, it might be even more than that. I do think if Florida State you know, were to – have Jordan Travis go down you're dealing with you know Tate Rodemaker and you've got a true freshman with AJ Duffy and then you've got walk on Gino English and you're kind of in a big time nightmare scenario Jordan Travis fully healthy that puts you in a really good spot to compete get down the field and I think too overall heading into this fall camp we'll see if anything changes but I think this defense is going to be the carrier of uh, of the squad this upcoming season and so losing Jordan Travis and having that factor puts you in an even deeper hole in my opinion i mean it's quite obvious it's really worrisome if once he goes down you tate rodemaker you know he was out there and you know you lose mckenzie milton but really you have tate rodemaker now that was going out there a little bit against uf and uh just you know nobody wants to go back to really last season at all but (laughs) 
wasn't pretty. And then you've got AJ Duffy who looked like a real true freshman this spring had yeah. some ups, but a lot of downs that they're going to continue to try to develop. He worked on his body too to try to trim off. He looked kind of big coming into this last spring. They're going to continue to try to develop him, but it's really JT and Tate Rodemaker here and, Jordan Travis, I think there were some other things too that he was dealing with this last season. And I think the program has worked on, you know, helping fix that or progress that to make him a lot more healthier going into the season. You know, there would be some times too where he'd be limited last year and practices and, you know, was still go out there on Saturdays and do his thing. And that offense would just work like a machine better than, you know, having Mackenzie Milton out there. I think Florida State, along with two, I think it will be a tandem. You know, like I, I keep saying, Jordan Travis is—he's got the eyes and vision of a running back. He is a part of that running back room, in my opinion. The way that he could use yeah. his feet, Ben, he is a part of that running back room, and it's going to be fun to watch Coach Atkins and Mike Norvell and what they want to do offensive-wise. Definitely in the run game with a hopefully more experienced offensive line and improved to utilize all the different kind of assets that are, are in their disposal. Um, there, there's a lot of, lot of different kinds of things that they can use if Jordan Travis is fully healthy. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's going to add a lot to the team if he does play, but again, if, if Jordan misses, you know, the difference to me, Jordan Travis starting this season and not starting this season is the difference between a middle of the pack ACC team and the worst team in the conference, in my opinion, uh, at mm-hmm. least record wise and a lot of statistics. So yeah, Jordan Travis is going to be the huge determining factor for the Seminoles this season. But if you're watching that, you already knew that. Or if you're watching this, you already knew that. You already know what it's going to be like if Jordan doesn't play. We certainly saw that in the University of Florida game last season. Like you mentioned, that was just ugly when Jordan wasn't playing, let's be honest. But you mentioned his running ability, what he adds to that room. Um what do you think this running back room is going to look like this season? Because I, I actually tend to look at this room similar to how they were last year, but you're replacing Jay Sean Corbin with Trey Benson, who although are two different runners and, you know, they're schematically going to do some different things. Um, I, I think the role that he's filling with Corbin leaving is, you know, he, he's going to do a great job with that. And he's going to add a lot of uh, dynamic speed, uh, to that room, but you know, uh, looking at the rest of the room, Trayshawn Ward fits into the role he fits in. He fought, he fit into last season. He's going to be doing similar things, similar um, care, amount of carries and games. And then you look at Toafili as well. I think he's still in that support role. He might get more run this season because he's had a little more time with the staff. But overall, Logan, to me, I, I think the headline for the running back room is. Trey Benson is the guy, and, and he's going to be supported by other players, but it's going to be the Trey Benson show, in my opinion. Yeah, Ben, you, you've been high on on Trey Benson since spring, and I think it's definitely <laughs> worth noting. I mean, you're definitely right. I think Florida State did a really good job in evaluating Trey Benson. I'm still on the part where I've got Treshawn Ward being my starter. I don't think it's going to be where it's a sole-starting type of room, and it's never yeah. been really that way with Mike Norvell and how he runs his offense. Yeah, Mike Norvell's done that in the past at Memphis, but that was really only with Daryl Henderson when they didn't have depth behind him, right? Mm -hmm. When you're looking at this team where they have similar level running backs in terms of skill level, in terms of the production, but they're going to be getting – Mike is going to get a lot of guys involved this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they are. And I do think it's going to be a Treshawn Ward slash Trey Benson show, and then you're going to use Lawrence Toafili 
and a lot of different kind of gadget ways and different kind of scenarios down the field because he is a good pass catcher. And, you know, luckily that was not a crazy severe injury that Lawrence Toafili had against Clemson. It looked absolutely scary. You know, you're kind of worried that you'd lose him for a little bit um, of the the season. And, you know, he was still limited for the most part. And then head into the season, seems like he's going to be fully healthy, ready to go because we got to see him during the spring and look really good and explosive there. And, Ended up being a really good goal line. We saw it firsthand. Toa yeah. Philly leading the charge there on goal line of getting multiple touchdowns back to back. And like, what is going on here, man? Everybody's thought of Lawrence Toa Philly being, you know, the twiglet in the room. And he's over here dominating, pushing defenders into the end zone during the spring. So good sign there. And then everybody's always wondering how much weight does he had. No, nothing's going to change. I don't think that's just how Lawrence Toa Philly, they're going to keep that body, how it goes. And, you know, he showed that he, even at that size can, work some defenders and push through and he's got some, he's got some strength to him also, but they're going to use him in a different kind of a variety of ways. And that's something where you thought maybe Corey Wren would have that role a little bit with his speed. He's off now in the transfer portal and gone and has found his new home. But this room is, is loaded in a lot of different ways. You've still got CJ Campbell, who was a walk-on that absolutely, you know, blew up the spring, just like Trayshawn Ward did as being a former walk-on Ben. That was really impressive to see. He's one of, the, if not the biggest, along with Trey Benson in that room, those are two significantly large human beings yeah. in that running back room. But I think it's a little bit more scarier when you see Trey Benson coming in and shushing all of the talkers on Twitter pretty quickly. They've all kind of shut up there. And now you've got a Benson guy that showed out during the spring. We got to see flashes during those practices. I want to see how now – Florida State wants to navigate these two because you can use them in a variety of ways. You can put them out there in packages together because they have different kind of style runs. And I, I, I know I know we're talking highly of Toa Philly. You've got Deshaun Ward or Trey Benson, but Sean Ward looked really good too. I mean, I think it's now he's just one of the most consistent, I think, guys out there that just makes plays and he's, you know, he'll take you, take your knees and ankles really quickly off that sideline there and then make it look easy. I'm excited for Trey Sean Ward. I don't think he's maybe a guy that's a big practice show boat, you know, just kind of show out guy, like maybe a, an impressive Trey Benson. That, I mean, when you got that size and you can move that fluidly, Ben, it's really, it's really fun to talk about like we're doing right yeah. now and report on, but Trayshawn Ward, I think is maybe your most consistent guy. And, uh, and you know, now that Deshaun Corbin's gone uh, doing his thing in the NFL with the giants, Ward gets a really cool opportunity now to, you know, co-head that running back room with Benson. And I think Florida state is really excited for what they could do there. Coach Atkins and Mike Norvell. There's a lot they could work there. And they, you've got young Rodney Hill too, but just naming the guys that are definitely going to have a lot of PT this upcoming season, Benson Ward and Toa Philly. You got to like that room. And I think it's one of the, you feel the most comfortable maybe there and maybe wide receiver uh, heading into this fall camp, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we kind of know exactly what to expect from this room. For me, it's, um, you know, you mentioned one guy being the running back one versus the other. Um, I just think it's going to be a game plan dependent situation, right? Depending on the game, depending on the opponent. Uh, to me, Trey Benson is your big play, your home run hitter, right? He's he's the guy you're going to see running down the sideline with everyone else chasing after him versus, you know, Treshawn Ward is – it's more your thumper, right? He's going to get all the yards that are available to him there. He's going to get four, five, six yards every carry if the yards are there to be had. Um, maybe not necessarily the big play guy like Trey Benson is, but 
I think that's going to be a good thing for, for Mike Norvell this year. You know, they get to game plan for different opponents. They get to game plan for all kinds of different things. Just see how the flow of the game is going. You know, if one guy's hot, he's going to get the ball. If another guy's hot, he's going to get the ball. Um, I, I think they're, they put themselves in a really good position to deal with whatever comes their way at the running back position. And you're right. I mean, you mentioned it. I'm most confident about what the running back room is going to be like, what to expect from them. Um, and just what we think the season is going to look like. Um, I'd be, I'd be very surprised if it isn't what we expect it to be at the running back position. Uh, that's, that's kind of the position that I've, I've definitely felt the most confident about throughout this whole spring evaluation process. Now that we're heading into fall, um, but you mentioned the other room that you're feeling good about. I, I might not be there with you, but I hear you. Uh, the wide receivers, we're looking on the outside. You know, they certainly – they bring in four players in the transfer portal, right? They start Micah Pittman, uh, Johnny Wilson, Deuce Span, Winston Wright, all guys who can absolutely contribute this season. Um, and I, I think as well, you also look at the rest of the room. There's a lot of guys who have some experience, right, whether they're one, two – years into their career with FSU who don't have to be dependent on as much. They don't have to have as much pressure on them to perform. And now we're going to see the opportunity because they have so many guys, it's, you know, different shapes and sizes, different heights, different weights. You know, I mean, look at a guy like Micah Pittman versus Johnny Wilson. They're two completely different bodies, you know, um, but what are your expectations from this wide receiver room? And do you think any one player is going to stand out in particular, or do you think it's going to be more a committee of a few different players? You know, what are you thinking there? I think it's time to just go ahead and say, I said on their podcast last night, but people are not talking enough about you have your guy. We've talked about it a lot during camp, but for some reason, Malik McLean has just kind of disappeared. Okay. Nobody's talked yeah. about the true freshman that got a starting gig after just a few games and, yeah. During camp, who was his favorite? Who was Jordan Travis's favorite target by far? Malik McLean. I mean, he looked good. He looked impressive. That is a tall guy that had flashes last year. Definitely in the latter half of the season, making some plays up in the end zone, down, down. You saw it in North Carolina. He's able to go down low and make those catches and grab a touchdown. Malik McLean, now tr a true second year. I want fans to get excited because I think what we saw in the spring. And just, I think he's going to turn into a leadership type role heading into here because Mike Norrell talked about it today. There's a lot of guys that last year, maybe not so talkative as much and holding each other accountable. I think we saw little signs of it in the spring and Malik McLean is going to be one that explodes for Florida State this upcoming season. That's an easy starting wide receiver for Florida State uh, by far. Looks good. Looks good in that 11. And I, I really do think that he's going to be Jordan Travis's favorite throughout the season. Those two have just built a really good chemistry the one worrisome i have that i don't think there's been enough chemistry built yet and it's you know understandable is winston wright jr yeah and you saw andrew parchment come in last year they were able to build chemistry there and there was just still a lot of inconsistency through the season and you know these are two different players that you know andrew parchment kind of had the same dealio of some inconsistencies at kansas winston wright jr being a little bit of, of a different player there statistically on that side of things but still i worry about how much chemistry is Jordan Travis and Winston Wright Jr. able to build Ben this fall camp? I think that's going to be pivotal, definitely, if Winston is available and able to participate. You know, like I said, Dugan said that he's been catching some balls, but is he is he walking? Are they just doing uh, what is it? The little gun or the 
oh. ball shooter there. Like, what are, what are we talking about? You know, jugs like, machine, yeah. Yeah, the jugs machine. What, what are we talking about catching-wise? I want to say that, you know, Dugans is kind of hinting at him running some routes and, you know, starting to catch some passes from Jordan Travis. Uh, you know, it's always coaches, and it's going to be hidden from us until we get to see it firsthand. And who knows, you know, some things we just can't report on. But that's the that's the name of the game in sports journalism. And we'll see, too, with Winston Wright if, he, if he's healthy or not. But that's going to be my – that's going to be my thing that I'm a little bit worried about. And I, I'm right there with you, Ben, on uh, Ja'Kai Douglas. Yes. You know, he's kind of like the guy, the odd one out, but ended up making the most – the biggest plays for Florida State against Miami, against Notre Dame. He's a lethal threat Man, down the field. I, I, he may have like 90% of his yards from that slot fade alone. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, like I, maybe 100% because uh, – you know, I think Malik is going to make huge steps this year. I still think there's some inconsistency we've seen from him, though, right? It's not every single practice. Yeah. It's not every single game. I, I think that's something that he honestly would say he needs to improve on, right? So I, I think Malik is going to make that big impact. He's going to be that guy, you know, like you mentioned, Winston Wright, I think could be the thing that really changes this equation in terms of target share, in terms of volume. Um, but if you look at Mike Norvell's offenses, the way he uses those receivers, he uses multiple slot guys. He uses more of those small sort of, you know, guys who you think of those slot type of roles more than other coaches, even more than other offenses would. So you look at, you know, Micah Pittman and Ja'Kai Douglas, you mentioned Ja'Kai just a second ago. I I think those two guys to me are going to make a huge impact game to game. You know, that's, the bulk of the yards are going to come from from the passing game, you know, in my opinion, over the middle, um, so the slot phase from Ja'Kai. Uh, Micah, you know, I think is going to be in that sort of gadgety role that people described him in. I still think he's going to be that true slot slash Y receiver. He's going to be playing that secondary role sometimes. Malik McLean is going to be your X receiver. Ja'Kai mm-hmm. Douglas is going to be in the slot, you know, doing his thing there. Um, I, I think those three to me – are the players we're going to see the most um, that that we're going to see consistently game in, game out, kind of I, I know what to expect from them. Um, the other big question for me, other than Winston Wright, which could obviously change, you know, if you ins- insert Winston Wright into the equation, it changes Ja'Kai Douglas and Micah Pittman, what they're doing, how they use, use how you use those guys, mm-hmm. you know, just what you're doing there. But uh, a guy like Ontario Wilson, you know, how does he fit into all of this? I, I think, that's another question for me where they have Malik as, you know, they're probably number one outside X type receiver, mm-hmm. but you know, you have Ontario, uh, you have Micah who can play that secondary receiver role. I'm interested to see how that all works out outside of those slot guys, right? Because we know how Mike Norvell uses those slot guys, what those guys, who those guys are, what to expect from them. But in terms of that secondary receiver opposite Malik, that outside yeah. guy who's going to be on an island, that to me is more of a question that I think is going to be up for grabs. I'm glad you brought that up because I've got a sleeper. I've got a Ooh. sleeper, a guy that we got to see firsthand, Ben, during the spring. I'm going to go, and there's a reason why he stayed, I think. I'm going to go Kentron Portier. I think that might That's be a, a surprise guy, This maybe not fall camp ahead of the season, where we saw some progress and leaps. I mean, you also saw Williamson, more of the guy if, like you were bringing up, a, a, another guy opposite of uh, Malik, Malik McLean. I think that's going to be Portier. Uh, 
Minor Bell really liked what he saw on the spring. I mean, he was continuously congratulating him on plays. Of course, making sure he finished. That's one thing, Minor Bell. He won't let you celebrate for too long. You're going to make sure you go finish and get that end zone. But he gave a lot of love to Kentron Portier. And I think there's a reason why he stayed. You know, you saw Jordan Young leave and hit the transfer portal. I think the staff sees a lot in him. And if that is going to be behind Malik McLean, or you put that on the opposite side, just depends on what kind of package you want. But that is another X guy with the size. You know, it seems like those two, you know, Portier being a little bit more heavier. Malik McLean, though, and both of them, you know, got the height factor. And I think Kentron Portier is my sleeper guy in that wide receiver room going into uh, going into camp. And I'm excited to watch him. And I'm keeping an eye on, you know, Williamson had a had a really had an impressive um, spring, too. I just think Portier had more consistency there. Uh, I wanted to no- note too a veteran. I know we don't talk a lot about you know some of these veteran guys that have played a lot of time, played a lot of snaps, and that's uh, someone that got brought up today from Coach Norvell, Pokey Pokey Wilson, put on ten pounds. Uh, said he's gonna. He said told us you know he's gonna look a little bit different once we arrive there in fall camp. I'm interested to see how he looks and if he keeps that speed or not because that could be a guy could be a go-to guy for Jordan Travis this upcoming season just because they've had that chemistry built for a couple okay. of seasons now. So. Still, sleeper guy, Kentron Portier. I'm, I'm interested to see. Hopefully, you can report some good things out of him because, like you said, you want someone on the other side of Malik McLean for whatever package you have. And that height factor, that Kentron Portier and the size is good. And, you know, he can go up and grab the ball, and he's did that a few times uh, really consistently through the spring. Yeah. No, I, I think there's a lot of – there's a lot of different guys who can do different things, right? I, I think kind of going back to what I said about that running back room – it's going to be dependent on matchups, dependent on games, dependent on, you know, if a DB goes down for um, whichever team you're playing, you know, who, who do you want to go attack? So I, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for multiple guys this year, right? That's kind of how I see things playing out. I think you'll see guys have have games. You'll see guys have two, three game stretches, but then another player will get an opportunity and, you know, maybe things will settle in a little bit, but I, I still think they have, you know, a, certain amount of receivers who are going to fill that secondary role, right? Uh, Opposite Malik, who are all kind of at the same level, right? They all do different things, but they're all sort of at that same pecking order. So I think, you know, dependent on each game, each practice, things are going to be changing throughout the season. Um, One thing I did want to ask you though, Logan, and this can be kind of one of the last things we do before we get out of here. Um, I believe under Mike Norvell, the, Seminoles have yet to have a 400 yard receiver even, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's not a a great statistic, but uh, who do you think that guy could be this season? Or do you think there can be multiple guys? I think there might be multiple. Okay. And that's a reason, you know, obviously, you know, for the state staff made a focus just like they did in the trenches. It was immediate going into the wide receiver room and we got to see Micah Pittman, Played really well. Had a slower start than maybe Johnny Wilson did this last spring. And man, he put on a show for one of, I mean, a few days, but one day, let alone Ooh. we were there in the end zone right firsthand. Mike Norvell was looking at us like, you got a show right in front of y'all guys. I don't know what got into Micah Pittman, but, <laughs> you know, I will say, you know, at one of the practices, Mike Norvell specifically went over and had a nice little chat with Micah Pittman. And I don't think that he saw Pittman fully focused on what they were trying to do with him. Maybe just didn't see the energy. Maybe the buy-in wasn't there. I think it was the buy-in wasn't really going with the process there. I believe it was the next week on Tuesday, Micah Pittman absolutely lit it up. 
I don't know what kind of conversation was had, either if there was on the field that day that we got to see firsthand or if that was in, uh, you know, inside the program privately. You saw a big-time buy-in, and Minervell was a lot happier throughout the rest of camp seeing Micah Pittman make some big-time plays, and he was back-to-back, back-to-back-to-back almost in that end zone of you know making some big-time plays on the ball that you weren't really expecting to see from Micah no, Pittman man. going back to some Contested catches, I mean. The like, DBs like, were in a really good spot, too. Yeah. A really good spot. You know, Marcus Woodson couldn't really complain about where his DBs were. There was a spot on. It was just Micah Pittman, make it, Micah Pittman making some really – Really significant and, and impressive plays there. And, you know, Mike Norvell was really happy to see that. They're going to use Micah Pittman in a lot of ways. Definitely, I think we saw in the spring how they're going to utilize him. Gadget, he move him around uh, just because he's got the vision uh, of a running back. But then, you know, I don't want to give it away to Duquesne or, you know, LSU or any of their other opponents, but you can also use him in the end zone. You can yeah. also use him in the end zone, and that's something that I, Florida State, and I think Ron Dugans and what they want to do in that offense, Coach Atkins, want to bring into uh, this upcoming season with once you get in that red zone, you've got to go down there and score and you add in some transfers like Johnny Wilson, who's was really, really impressive. And, and spring camp was, which was a major surprise. Uh, just, I, I got to see some more consistency with catching the ball, at least on the game field. He does great. And then the practices, but it's got to change. And he, he's had those problems before at Arizona state. Can those switch around? Can those yeah. switch you know, back on a groove there to where you practice that, you practice that, you practice that. Let's let's take it over to the game field and make those catches. Florida State did a really good job in the wide receiver room. I'm not expecting a ton with Deuce Span. I think that's a project guy, but you could use him more on special teams. And then, like, we've already talked about Winston Wright Jr. on the transfer portal side of things. So, this there's a lot of names. Yeah. You know, Ben, I, I'm a, maybe I'm feeling a little bit more confident than because there is a lot of names that Florida State can use. But I'm really high on, on Malik McLean. I think people – need to start getting really excited about that year two uh, wide receiver. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm quite there with you, but I hear you. I think he's yeah. going to be that lead guy for the Seminoles this season. I think probably going to lead them in targets, catches, yards. That's that's my expectation. I, I just guess I'm thinking about how much, you know, how, how, how much is he leading this team by at the receiver position? Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see how that works out this season. Of course, though, my guy, Ja'Kai Douglas, don't sleep on Ja'Kai Douglas. He is going to be the man this year. I think he's going to produce a lot. Uh, but, no, I, th- I think you covered everything pretty well, Logan. There's a lot of names at that wide receiver yeah. position that we could talk about. I mean, I feel like there's almost 10, even 12 that that we could cover um, poorly and spend time talking about. But uh, I'm glad we did this today, Logan. It was fun to get back into the swing of things. We did about an hour here. I appreciate everyone watching if you haven't already. If you're not familiar, you know, I was trying to do these once a week during the spring, during spring ball. Took a little bit of time off during the summer. Now we're back for fall camp, trying to do it on a consistent basis. So make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel, like this video. Uh, Make sure you go over to Noel Game Day and Tomahawk Nation and read all the great content that we're putting out. We'll certainly have some things to report tomorrow as well. You know, we had the coaches luncheon today. We were able to spend some time with assistants like Logan mentioned, Um, you know, get some good conversations or some good questions um, as well as, you know, hearing from Mike Norvell for the first time in a while, but make sure you go check all that out. But I'll be back probably next week. So keep an eye out for that. Make sure you follow both Logan and I on Twitter and I'll keep you updated there and all the latest FSU Seminoles 
uh, news, uh, anything going on with the team. Uh, but that's it for me today. I appreciate everyone who uh, watched along, spent some time with us. Logan, uh, you got anything on the way out? No, I was going to mention too, you know, Ben and I did it during the spring. I think we're going to run it back too. But if you have a Twitter, yeah. highly suggest you popping on a little bit after practice ends around seven ish. We might be doing an instant reaction to the first fall camp practice, which y'all liked it before it went really well during the spring, but this is we're on a different tier. Now we're getting ready for the season. So highly suggest you guys, if you're on Twitter, make sure you're following Ben or I or Tomahawk nation and old game day. We're going to do some instant reaction to a few practices throughout fall and if you don't know what a spaces is, we get to go in here, do exactly what we're doing now and just chat it up and kind of give some analysis and, and thoughts of what we saw during the practice breakout player who looked good, which true freshman's looking great, you know, who, who's throwing the interceptions, you know, all the, all the kind of things that at least some things we can talk about, at least we'll right. be discussing and hopefully we'll have you and maybe other few beat members on there with us to discuss, but always appreciate you, Ben inviting me on here looking forward to do a lot more collaborations uh through not Noel game day and tomahawk nation as we try to give some more coverage to you guys uh for what should be hopefully uh, hopefully a good next six <laughs> six or seven months for the florida state seminoles uh, fingers crossed i'm an optimistic person so we're, we're hoping it, it, good stuff. And, and look i'll bring us down with the pessimism if you're not an optimistic person it's gonna be really interesting along the way too so it's not like things will be boring for the florida state seminoles this season i can promise that uh thank you so much for watching everyone if you did uh like i said go check out all the stuff below there's a few links below where you can check out logan and i's work uh but that's gonna do it for us today i'll be back sometime next week with more uh from practice talking to more about what's been going on so appreciate you if you've been watching along this entire time and uh have a great tuesday